Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. I pray that this devotion is a blessing to you. If you feel like you've fallen a million miles away from God, you used to be so close to Him, and now you've just drifted, that this passage would be a stark, startling, shaking reminder of the height from which you've fallen, and that you would repent, confess, establish accountability, and walk in freedom in Christ today. Here's Judges chapter 9. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, remember that's Gideon, quick backstory in case you missed it. Uh, after Gideon tore down the Asherah pole and the statue of Baal, his father said, let Baal contend for himself. And uh, that became a nickname for Gideon. So we see Jeroboam, that's Gideon. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem and spoke to his uncles and to his mother's whole clan. Now, this is a big clan. Remember, he had there were 70 kids in total because Gideon kind of went off the rails toward the end. So he's gone back to Shechem, and he's gone here to uh, enlist the help of his extended family for a coup, meaning he's going to try to take the throne, do exactly what his father said he would not do. Please speak in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem. Is it better for you that 70 men, all the sons of Jeroboam, rule over you, or that one man rule over you? Remember that I'm your own flesh and blood. Okay, so he, this is manipulation on his part. He's trying to appeal to what they would want. What they would want is their own relative on the throne, because that would come with certain perks and exemptions. And so he's appealing, uh, he's, he's appealing to their own selfish desires. His mother's relatives spoke all these words about him in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem, and they were favorable to Abimelech, for they said, he is our brother. So mom and the uncles start spreading the word, and everybody likes this idea, especially Abimelech. Abimelech's the one who planted the idea, and then it's profligated by his mom and his uncles. So they gave him 70 pieces of silver from the temple of Baal Berith. So this is a pagan temple, and this number 70 is not arbitrary. Watch. Abimelech used it to hire worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. So he enlists these mercenaries who are the type that would follow not God, but anyone hungry for power because they want to ride his coattails. They are sycophantic followers of bloodlust, perhaps. They are, they are just trying to ingratiate themselves with the guy who is hungry for power because maybe by their proximity to him, by association with him, they'll receive some residual power themselves. And, and by the way, they've been paid with silver that was clearly stolen from a pagan temple. That hence the worthless, reckless men. He went to his father's house in Ophrah and killed his 70 brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, on top of a large stone. So here's that number 70. There was a piece of silver for each of his brothers taken from the temple. Remember, by the way, this large stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, survived because he hid. Jotham's going to come back in the narrative. He's got, he's got some stuff to say. And then all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, uh, this, this word Beth Milo, it means house of the fortress, by the way, gathered together and proceeded to make Abimelech king at the oak of the pillar in Shechem. This is an atrocity. Seventy men are killed on this large stone. 
And it says that it's actually uh, at the oak of the pillar in Shechem. So remember two things, large stone right here in verse five and oak of the pillar in Shechem in verse six. We're, we're in the pits, right? This is terrible. But wait, there's something about this location. The text doesn't explicitly say this, but it's possible. The meaning of the text doesn't hinge upon this being the case, but the similarities are striking enough that it warrants taking some time in this devotion to share it with you because it still paints a striking picture, whether this is the exact same oak and the exact same stone or not. Joshua chapter 24. Look at what happens in Shechem by a massive rock under an oak. Same town, same elements at play. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people at Shechem and established a statute and ordinance for them. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. He also took a large stone and set it up there under the oak at the sanctuary of the Lord. So there's the large stone. It's under the oak at the sanctuary. Okay, what was once known as a sanctuary could have become a fortress in the era of the book of Judges. And Joshua said to all the people, you see this stone, it will be a witness against us for it has heard all the words the Lord has said to us and it will be a witness against you so that you will not deny your God. Man, it is entirely plausible that this massive stone that Abimelech uses to kill his 70 brothers and launch a coup and become king, which is precisely what Gideon said he would not do in Judges chapter 8, verse 23, is the same stone that Joshua set in place by the oak of the sanctuary. Remember, there's an oak tree in both stories. There's a large stone in both stories. And in this, he very well could have used that same stone that Joshua used to, to mark as a visible reminder for accountability purposes of the renewal of the covenant between the people and God. This, even if it's not the same stone, even if it's not the same tree, it's still the same people and still the same God. But wow, how striking is that? That this stone that was, that, that likely was set there as, as a reminder of God's covenant with his people and a renewal, a recommitment is now used as an execution device by a guy named Abimelech, whose name means my father is king. Everything looked great with Gideon for a minute there, and then he just went off the rails, and his kids go completely off the rails. So Abimelech is just as manipulative, and he just sends out little spies. He just sends, spreads his tentacles out all over Shechem, and then eventually commits this massive atrocity, killing 69 out of his 70 brothers. Jotham gets away. Wait to hear more from him. Wow, the height from which the people of God have fallen. Have you ever been in that situation before? Like, you just never imagined that you would get that deep into sin. Okay, can you relate? You're like, yeah, Jesse, I think, I think I'm kind of like the people of God where I'm more like judges than I am like Joshua right now. I've let sin just creep up in my life. I've let addiction just come up to my neck and it's just swallowed me whole. And God feels like he's a million miles away. Man, if that's you, if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. God, we confess our sin. I pray that you would cleanse us with hyssop, that we would be clean, wash us, make us whiter than snow. I pray for my brother, my sister, 
who looks at the book of Judges and says, that's me right now, looks at the book of Joshua and says, that used to be me until sin just entangled me. God, I pray that you would hack away the thorn bush. I pray that you would set hearts free from sin. I pray that believers in you would come running home into repentance and accountability. Receive afresh and anew the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray that they would be kept safe as they drive with tears in their eyes. I pray, Lord, that they would feel your love for them anew, that the while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. We relish the grace. We need you, Jesus. We confess our sin and our depravity to you. We see our reflection in the people of God in the book of Judges. We want to go back to Joshua chapter 24. So I pray that you would do that in the hearts of those who listen today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, my friend. Walk in repentance today.